Yeah, speaking of professional, we're live! Yes, hello, yes! Welcome to another Survivor Michigan All-Stars Revenge Tour podcast. I'm your host, Lee. With me is the man behind the editing curtain of Michigan, Ian. How are you doing, Ian? Doing well, doing well. Happy happy to be here on this fine, this fine Tuesday <laughs> evening. Yes, or if you're like me, fine, just turned Wednesday. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. When you're working with people that are five hours ahead of you, you tend to stay up late a lot. <laughs> Fair enough. And that's if you're lucky if it's five hours. You get those people that live over the East Coast, they're eight hours ahead. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So how have you been? How have you been doing since, well, the season started? <laughs> you know, I've been good. You know, I've been good. It's, just, it's been good to see the reaction. And so far, people seem like, you know, pretty happy with it. And that's really all you can ask for. Um these first two episodes, you know, had a lot of setup, and now we really get into the meat of the story in this next episode. So I'm pretty excited for people to see it. Um, I think it's a really, really exciting one. Yeah, so far two episodes in, you can. This season was hyped up a lot since pretty much I want to say the end of season four, even like the middle of season four. People were like all stars. Well, that could just because season four was a bad season. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to disagree with you there, unfortunately. But, you know, we can each hold our own views. <laughs> yeah. Now, it was not bad because of editing. I just want to let you know that the editing is what saved the season. <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, episode two, I have no idea what I'm doing. We start off with the end of episode one with the blow up of the Pawnee tribal. And pretty much... Aaron and Dylan pretty much isolating themselves. Now, a little bird told me, a little bird known as KYLT Podcast, said that there was a a little bit of a, an uncut, not uncut, a cut fight scene that happened during this tribal. Uh, yeah, so uh, there was actually some personal drama going on a little bit with Lucy and Dylan that um, contributed somewhat to things that were happening in terms of why um, they kind of wanted to vote for each other and vice versa. Um, and originally this sort of blew up right after tribal and both of them uh, asked me very shortly after it happened that it not be included in the show and then did not want it included even these years later so it was not included it really doesn't have a big impact on the game as a whole so I didn't feel like it was something that needed to be in but it is something that happened you know and sometimes everybody's friends in the show and sometimes people's personal lives you know do bleed into it um, in this case, it wasn't something that I felt comfortable portraying on the show because it really had very little to do with what was going on, and a, um, you know, and it was just something between them that I just didn't need to didn't need to really be discussed. But you know, it is something that happened and contributed to uh, their desire to vote for each other the first week. Yeah, because I know some people were saying like, why is this? Why are people saying this tribal was so dramatic? Is it because Lucy pretty much went up to Aaron and be like, I no longer respect you? It's like, no, there's just yeah, and there was more to it. There was some some um, some words yelling exchange. between some some words exchanged between Lucy and Dylan. Uh, you know, may have been may have been a few a few not so pleasant words used, but everybody everyone's cool about it now. In the grand scheme of things, it's a pretty small scale affair. Yeah, and as much as these things do, like, it can get personal, there's some shit that's, like, better not shown to the YouTube audience. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, this, to be clear, this is not, like, a super serious thing, and if they had been fine with me including it, I would have had no issue including it. It really just came down to that they didn't really want this on air, and also because it kind of involves some other people who had nothing to do with Survivor at all, really, and so... It wasn't the most, you know, clean storytelling, and it would have been kind of confusing, I think, as well. So, but neither Lucy or Dylan said anything that, like, you know, was super untoward or bad. It was just like, this is some college, you know, friendship beef that, like, we just don't need. Yeah, it's not like either of them told each other to slit each other's wrists or something. It's nothing that no. serious. No, 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 no. I'm only saying that because I have heard that in a Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah, it wasn't serious, and everyone knew that. But still, it's funny. So with pretty much Aaron and Dylan kind of isolate, half isolating themselves, half being isolated, because yeah, you're on the wrong side of the votes, but the countless times you're saying, I'm better off with other people on the tribe than my own tribe, it's still kind of half your fault. 
And then for some reason, Dylan decides to open up an umbrella indoors. So that's just asking for more bad luck. <laughs> you can always count on Dylan for some good confessionals, you know. And so him opening up the umbrella indoors, it's just, you know, it's, it shows a, a storm's coming and he just really wanted to portray that. <laughs> a storm's coming and you're going to need more than an umbrella to save you. Yeah, I guess we'll have we'll have to see. I guess if it pans out for Aaron or Dylan or not, but they're certainly developing relationships on the other tribes and trying to make it such that if they can make it to a swap, that they'll be in a good position to you know capitalize on that. Yeah, they're going to have to try and outdo Slam, the new alliance of Sam, Lucy, Adam, and Megan. I would say they're stealing from me with team name ideas because of team hashtag salt. That's now team <laughs> hashtag Sal. But this was filmed two years ago, so I'm technically stealing from them. Uh, yeah, no, you definitely are. Um, I'm pretty sure you. I'm sure you. You got the leaked cut of episode two ahead of time and used that as a way to predict your team name. I believe so. It's a little nefarious. I'm gonna have to be tracking down whoever leaked that to you. Yeah, it's now about time to mention that I actually know who wins the season because I that was would told be- it. That would be a bad time to mention that. Is that true? Uh, yes, I know that secretly Kat's the winner of the season. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. When Kat comes back, you know, in her in her big uh, debut. Yeah. She comes she comes down in her, like, ROTC helicopter, lands in the yeah, school, right. like, I'm winning the, yeah, well, you the know, show. People, people have called Kat the Faluke of Survivor Michigan, and <laughs> I believe that's a very accurate title. So when she, when she reappears, I'm pretty sure all the fans will be really, really excited about it, as I was when it happened on the show. Yeah, the only person I wasn't excited about was Kat herself. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, when, when she yeah. won, she was excited, so that was good. Yeah, she was like, well, at least you got something out of this. Oh, just in actuality, I don't know anything about the season. Okay. No one leaked anything to me. Okay, good, good, good. Otherwise, yeah. I was going to have to, you know, track down someone and, you know, kill them or yeah. something. Yeah, I don't know that, that secretly Lucy does actually win the season. Oh, whoops. I just spoiled the entire thing. Season's ruined. No no comment. No comment. No comment. I'd laugh she actually does win. Uh, speaking of relationships, there's kind of a disadvantage with our season four favorites. With You cut to Jackson sitting there being like, season four, not much connections. And then literally everyone being like, oh, I'm friends with insert name here. Yeah, so I mean... Definitely going into All-Stars, there's no doubt the Season 4 players have a bit of a disadvantage in terms of the, show, the social game because everyone else has been pre-gaming for you know years on end. Going back to all the way to Season 1, as soon as it ended, there was already talks of All-Stars being Season 5. So all through Seasons 2, 3, and 4, people were becoming better friends on production and so-and-so. And the Season 4 people are at a disadvantage in that regard because they haven't been friends with these people for as long. But you know, I think at least in the case of... You can see they're reacting to it somewhat differently, you know? Megan and Adam have made some pretty strong connections on their tribe and are in a pretty good position right now. Jackson and his tribe, not so much. So it just kind of comes down to the individual players and, and what they're doing. And, and though they came in with a disadvantage, I do think that the social structure is not like decided ahead of time or anything. And you can clearly see that, you know, Lu- Lucy, um, Dylan and Sam are much, were much better friends with each other before all Star started than any of them were with Megan or Adam, but Megan and Adam, ended up in the, the better position, you know, or, or Sam, sorry, I, I misspoke Sam, Aaron and Dylan, Sam, Aaron, Dylan, and Lucy were all much tighter on that tribe. The four of them, than they were with Megan or Adam, but Megan and Adam ended up in like the power majority so far. And, uh, you know, Aaron and Dylan didn't. And so I think it just goes to show some of the work that they had put in and that it isn't, it's not just decided by who you're friends with going into it. Yeah. Cause even then, as we know, there's previous, uh, pre-existing relationships both positive and negative i mean do we really need to talk about the paddock versus aaron drama right i mean we don't need to talk about it but we we can talk about it in the sense that the season four players have less baggage as well you know there's less people they pissed off less people they have to make amends with i think you can see this has already impacted akshay to a degree the the baggage he has with cooper and leia and aaron Aaron and paddock is a similar situation so and there don't seem to be as many people who have, you know, vendettas against Megan, Adam, or Jackson thus far. Yeah, it's because anyone who would have a vendetta against them is not on the season. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. And even then, I can't think of anyone who would. Uh, I mean, I think if, like, Shannon was playing again, I could see her, like, kind of actively wanting Jackson out of the game. 
Yeah. But Shannon's really the only one that can see again actively wanted Jackson. I don't see anybody wanting Adam because he went home very early, or anyone wanting Megan because everybody got along with Megan. Yeah, no, it's hard to imagine either Adam or Megan would have enemies. Yeah, unless they really pissed off somebody after their season. Uh yeah, I don't I don't believe they did, not to my knowledge at least. <laughs> not to your knowledge anyway. Who knows? Maybe they have in secrets. Uh what was I doing? Uh, oh yeah, should we get into the beginning of Jackson's fake idol journey? Sure, sure. You know th- this episode was titled "The Fake Idol Fiat," the whole fake idol fiasco coined <laughs> by Megan. And I just you love to see just the, the crazy escalation from one fake idol to by the end three fake idols floating around, all made by Jackson, all players who found them, believing that they're real, and you know. And- all of them being on Megan's tribe. That's right. It is a particular irony in the first one you found in that Aaron gives Andrew the idol clue, who then gives the clue to Jackson, who plants the idol that Aaron finds. So she really, like, you know, led herself down the path of finding a fake idol. And on top of that, she's allies with Jackson. So you have to imagine that Jackson probably wouldn't have really wanted Aaron to be one of the people to find this. No, definitely not. So yeah, Aaron finds a fake idol. I love the whole, like, find Seattle, and then you do the cut to a day earlier than Jackson. Let me ask you, did you ever think that Aaron had found the real idol? Part of me was like, okay, maybe, because it's very hard to believe these things, especially with your editing, because you love to do fake-outs with these people. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) You love to make us believe one thing, and then ten seconds later realize... Okay, here's the here's the story behind what just happened. Like I'm still remembering like the whole Tom fake idol situation from episode two last season. Oh yeah, that was what we were particularly proud of. Yeah, where we believed he had an idol and then it wasn't until the next episode we found out nope the idol was fake all along. Yeah. And then oh god, the worst episode ever, episode four of Michigan Four, where that was like that constant being like, the vote's Nate, now it's Ben, now it's Jack, now it's Camila, all of a sudden, then you had no idea who you're voting for. And Ben goes home. Yeah, I'm still not over that episode. That's that tough. My- I, I'll say that I think there's at least a few more of these fake outs as you described them coming this season, so look out for that. Yeah, it's the season of fakes. Fake out, fake idols, fake people. Real people, for the most part. Real people, yeah, real people. You know these people, so you have to be nice. I only know small few, and I'm so happy I can say that. Yay! <laughs> oh yeah, Jackson lawyered his. Andrew got lawyered when he got the clue off. Jackson Jackson got the clue off him. Uh, yeah, I mean that's a funny situation. It was a particular favorite scene of mine to edit because just by you know divine providence. Jackson and Andrew in their confessionals were walking like opposite directions. So in the cutting back and forth, it like looks like they're walking towards each other, which they obviously were kind of, it just was like really cool to be able to like visually show that in that way. And then have them be on the right side of the screen when they met up. It was just super, super visually pleasing for me. And I really enjoyed editing that scene for that reason. Yeah. I was even saying like, Oh, it kind of looks like these two are like opposite ends of each other about to meet in the middle. I was just waiting for both of them to be like, and then turn their cameras towards each other, being like, I see you, you see me, we're the same people. Yeah, it was super dope. I was a big fan of that. <laughs> and before we get into the challenge, there's two things I want to talk about. One, how Lucy probably started at the beginning of COVID. <laughs> yeah, because Lucy was sick. Can't speak <laughs> to her sickness, not really sure what, what it consisted of. Yeah, when was this filmed again? <laughs> This was filmed in fall 2019, so yeah, right before COVID started. So, is Lucy patient zero? We may never know. Don't know. I guess it's possible. Anything's possible. (laughs) And the other thing I want to talk about, which we kind of touched on, is the pure disrespect of Akshay (laughs) (laughs) by uh, Cooper and Leia. Yeah, mainly Leia. I mean, when you openly give a standing ovation to someone's dream being ruined, that's just you're. The level of disrespect. Yeah, I mean, you have to understand that for, for Cooper and Leia, they have they felt largely that Akshay was like a big reason they didn't win in season one and that his move the first season was so bad and so heinous that 
it was justified in them, you know, wanting him out of the game early in season five. Um, you know, whether they went about that in the most polite or respectful way, you know, I, I can't really say. But for the purposes of the show, at least, I thought it was important to portray some of the reasons why Akshay's name was out there first. And that part of it is that he had crossed Cooper and Leia, who are going to be really powerful players, at least in this early portion of the first couple episodes, where, you know, it seems like pregame they had been pushing certain agendas. And I think if you go back to episode one, you can even see in Akshay's confessionals early on, he's saying that he's worried that if Cooper and Leia are both playing, that's two people who are out to get him. And they kind of, maybe they got him a little bit. Yeah. Cooper, I can understand because it was his name being thrown out at that rock draw tribal. I still kind of don't get it because the tribal worked out for them. None of them went home. The one thing I don't get is like, I don't even think Leia and Akshay had a conversation with each other all of season one. Uh, Leia and Akshay? No, probably. I don't think there's no way they did. Yeah. The only thing I can think of that Akshay did to ruin Leia's game is when Leia answered him in the tiebreaker question that was wrong. I mean, I think the idea is that if Tarowski goes home that week, then Leia and Cooper are just, Leia just runs the rest of the game. And without Tarowski, I think Leia believes she would have won the game. I mean, that's a hard thing to extrapolate off of like the first merge vote when Akshay went to Rocks. But without Tarowski in the game, it does change a lot of the dynamics. So. You know, it's kind of hard to say, to be honest. Yeah, it's not like he won every single immunity that caused him not to get voted off. No, no. It's hard to really argue that he's, like, the main reason they lost the game. But I can understand them being annoyed with him for really messing up parts of their game. Yeah, you can definitely see it. But (laughs) I think we were all – well, I know I was Aaron in that moment, just rolling your eyes. (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of people weren't, weren't, you know, too happy with Cooper and Leia in that moment, for sure. No. One thing about All-Stars that I think is important is that this season like doesn't really have like heroes or villains in the traditional sense. And some people are going to be heroes at some points and villains others. And, you know, it's hard to say exactly. It's going to be a more complex story of, of Shades of Grey than I think some of the previous Survivor Michigan seasons. And people you love are going to do things you really don't like. And people you weren't such a fan of, may you may find yourself enjoying at certain points. So I just ask that everyone, you know, uh, you know, be, be be kind to the players, and you know, understand that it is a game, and there's going to be a lot more villainous things to come than uh, you know, some clapping at Akshay going home. So, yeah, don't take this personally. It's a college survivor, for God's sake. Just do what everybody does. Complain in your head. Maybe just type a couple words in Discord, and then move on to the next episode. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look at me. I started off season four. I mean, you can probably read the comments of me constantly talking shit about pretty much all of season four, mainly Jackson. And then I come around and now I'm kind of, and now I'm rooting for Jackson this season. That's good to know. You know, it's good that we can all have redemption stories in that way. Yeah, constantly listening to Sangria being like, I hate Jackson, Jackson's (laughs) this, this. It's like, oh, is this what everybody kept dealing with when I kept going on about nothing it's like oh now i get why it's annoying so challenge time communication lego building were those your lego pieces yes those were all my legos i designed this challenge this was a team building activity that we used to run at the summer camp i worked at and uh so i you know adjusted for survivor and uh you you may in fact you may see another one of my summer camp challenges appear later in the season but um, yeah, those were all my Legos, and uh, yeah, I I, I ran this whole challenge, and it it was it went off pretty well with, with a few minor hitches, I would say. I hope nobody lost any of them. <laughs> they didn't. I have seen some people uh, complaining that the, it wasn't fair that they all had different models, which you know I think that's more of a reason that it is fair. I tested them all myself, and they all seemed like they were similarly difficult. But I'm willing to concede that like it's impossible for them to be 100% equal. And some of them could have been harder than others. But regardless, uh, Odawa was so bad at that challenge that I don't think there's any world in which they ever win it. Literally ever. Not, like They could have had the easiest model ever and they wouldn't have won. So it doesn't matter to me. Odawa was going to lose that challenge no matter what. They, they, they performed it horribly incompetently. Yeah, they should have lost the first challenge. It's just a good thing that Pawnee 
just decided not to follow the other tribe. Yeah, Potty, Potty bungled that one completely, you know. Uh, poor Akshay. Uh, uh, <laughs> overlooked scene in that episode is Akshay saying, why don't we just check that spot? And, and yeah, why don't not, we just follow them? And then not listening to him. And we all saw how that turned out. So Yeah, we all remember that tribe. Yeah, I think it's good that the models are all different because if they're all the same, you just look over who won the first one and then just copy them. Right, right. That's why I thought they couldn't all be the same. It would be, It would just be dumb. Yeah, unless you have them all, like, not facing each other, but then people can turn around or wandering people can give hints. But I say it was good that it was all different. People who are complaining are just looking for something to complain. I agree. I agree. So after the challenge, Pawnee won. Congratulations. Um, Aaron, I hope you're doing well with what you, you were going through at the time. I know it's three years late, but still. And uh, Kevin, for some reason, almost destroyed the classroom. Yeah, uh, you know, Kevin's a very energetic guy, and uh, he thought he had lost the challenge because he heard screaming coming from the room, and since he wasn't back there, like, communicating instructions, he assumed that they must have lost, which kind of makes sense, because how would they have gotten it if he wasn't there? Little did he know, Bree, you know, had established this guess and check <laughs> strategy that somehow was able to pull out the W for them. When he comes in, he's just so shocked they won that, you know, he loses cool in a moment and flips a, flips a desk. But this is the kind of good TV that we want at All-Stars. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, flip those desks away, Kevin. Kevin is the human anatomy of the Energizer Bunny. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense to me. Or like the Tasmanian Devil, maybe. That's probably better. (laughs) It's just a bunch of chaos that nothing makes sense of. So after challenge, we get into each tribe each tribe's dynamics. Let's start with the least interesting tribe first, the Sangria one. Sangria, all right. You know, what, what do you think about Sangria this episode? Some uh, people taken to calling them the boring tribe, but I, I feel that's, you know, a bit of a misnomer for characters of this stature. I think it's only considered the boring tribe because they haven't gone to tribal yet and we're not getting much from them. All we're really getting is Jackson's on the bottom and then we're getting more dynamics from other people. I do think they are interesting. I'm just calling them the least interesting of this episode because we haven't gotten a tribal from them yet. I think once we get a tribal, they'll no longer be the least interesting. For sure, so, for sure. They'll probably go back to Odawa. <laughs> <laughs> so the main thing with them is Jackson not bothering to text people because it's just like, why build personal relationships with these people? And then the opposite end, Leia being like, I want to build personal relationships with these people. Yeah, I mean, I think it's for me, these sorts of meetups between like huge characters from different seasons is like what All Stars is all about, you know? It's it's what makes like the Avengers movies so good as compared to like the solo, you know, MCU movies, is that you get to see all these different people bounce off each other that aren't usually exist in the same space. And Jackson and Leia were both such huge people on their original seasons. And to see them, you know, have to interact and how their different styles conflict and contrast, I thought was like really, really, really interesting story to show and to show how jackson's giving the same pitch to will and will is a you know a slightly different player than leia maybe he's somewhere in the middle of leia and jackson where to him jackson's pitch made a lot of sense but he understands how leia sees this as a bad thing and will kind of recognizes that leia has the power right now and so he's though he understands jackson's pitch you know he, he's allied with leia yeah i know a lot of people are kind of complaining about leia being like she only just wants to play with her friends and not bother play with other people. Like she even I, said to herself, she's just waiting to play with Cooper. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's something to that, but she's also wasn't friends with Will or Emily B before this season. And I think you can see in this episode that she's making inroads with bro- with both of them. So it's not again, it's not as black and white as it may appear. And though Leia is like stating that she's mainly here to play with her friends. I think her actions will, will show you a little bit otherwise that she is playing the game pretty hard at this at this juncture. Yeah, I hope so. I really hope these actually mean something and they're not just like, okay, I'm just building these relationships for now and then I'm going to drop them once I get to Cooper. Pretty much what she's accusing Jackson of doing. Yeah, I mean, that would be that would be quite hypocritical, I guess, if that's how it ended up playing out. But I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah, and then the other thing is we're, we're kind of getting a little bit I feel like the main star of this tribe, or at least the hidden star, I think is Emily B in this tribe. Because she's kind of connected with almost everyone, except Jackson's. That's because Jackson doesn't talk to people. Yeah, Emily B uh, is kind of in with everybody. You know, she's she's in with she's in with Jesse. 
She's in with Leia. She's in with Bree. She's obviously in with Will. And she's kind of in with Kevin as well through through Will. So she is connected to pretty much everyone and uh, in kind of, you know, an, an under-the-radar sort of spot where people don't really see that. Uh, so I, guess, I think it's a good a good assessment of Emily B. Emily B. And, you know, she was someone coming into the game that I know a lot of the a lot of the fans and a lot of the other star, uh, All-Stars had questions about her gameplay or, like, why she was cast. And I think even this early we're seeing how why she really is an All-Star and, um, you know, is, is playing as hard as anybody in a, re- a really good spot in her tribe currently. Yeah, I think, like I was saying last episode, I wouldn't necessarily call these seasons All-Stars. I always just call them Second Chances. Because that would explain, like, a lot of cast. But, I mean, we all seen Game Changers, and barely half these people those people were game changers on the actual show yeah it it depends you know on your definition of what an all-star is but like obviously we're never going to call our season second chances because it sounds less cool like that's just how it is like i remember there was some talk about it and like some of the more survivor diehards were like well it's really not all-stars it's second chances and we were like yeah but like we're not going to call it second chances like we're going to call it michigan all-stars let's be real (laughs) i mean you could have just called it revenge tour and would have made sense. Yeah, uh, that's a great title too, but uh, I still think for branding purposes, you know, like calling it Michigan All-Stars was kind of what we had to do. But I yeah, do love I'm... the Revenge Tour slogan, and I think that the Revenge Tour really fits the vibe of the season very, very well. So I'm happy so, with that. Did that come from the football reference, or did that come from the Devin episode title? <laughs> it came from the football. It came from the football thing. The Devin episode title hadn't been decided at this point. Like, uh, that, that episode of season three wasn't edited until about a uh, about how long after? About like seven or eight months after we filmed All Stars. Um, and I made the episode title actually as like a foreshadowing for All Stars. Yeah, because I, I knew that it was going to be called Revenge Tour, and so I I was like, oh, I'm going to make this the episode title. Um, because uh, you know, I guess we'll have to see, but. I you know it has, stars. <laughs> it has there's a reason why that's the episode title of that episode. And I I think it does have some some relevance to to All Stars. Yeah. What episode was that again? Now it was uh, the episode where I believe it's the episode where Austin goes home. It's oh, right after Eliza gets right after Eliza gets voted out, and the context for it is that Will and Devin are discussing how Aaron has flipped on them, and you know has joined this like girl power alliance with Cassie. And uh, Devin, you know, coins coins the title of what is this? Her this is her revenge to her. So, you know, there's reasons why it was the episode title, and I think those might play out throughout the season. (laughs) Yeah, and I think ending with Sangria. The thing that we end on is that the episode two of Lear's at Best was released. Kevin's infamous "What the fuck" episode. And this is causing people not to trust him. However, Will is persistent not trusting him, but people like Leia and Emily are not willing to trust him. So that's kind of where we end up with Sangria. Also, does Will have a thing for working with Emily's? He's like, uh, he with Attic, <laughs> and then he's working just, with Aqua. Will's just friends with the Emily's. You know, he's friends with both of them in real life, and so he's going to work with them in the game. Um, and I think we're seeing also, you know, how pre-existing relationships and friendships are tugging at relationships being made within the game itself um will and kevin had a pre-existing relationship outside of the game they on production they worked together and you know enjoy each other's company and came into all-stars wanting to have an alliance but now will is in this tight alliance with leia and emily b and they you know are kind of not trusting kevin and so it's it's tugging at will a little bit in both directions you know and you, you can see emily's getting a little frustrated with him that he doesn't seem to understand what they're saying that they don't think they can trust kevin and uh so we'll have to see on sangria you know if what that leads to if it comes to anything i can't say but it definitely i think shows some of the dynamics at play and how pre-existing relationships again aren't like everything and will will's with will you know is with kevin and with leia and emily and they all seem to want jackson out for now but who's to say down the line what could what could happen yeah i mean jackson could buy one of his 18 fake idols and make them think he has a real one that's true yeah (laughs) Speaking of fake idols, I think that's a good transition onto the Pawnee tribe, where night, where victim two of Jackson's fake idol fiasco, Adam, falls for another, gets a fake idol. Uh, actually, before we get into that, 
Um, the clue that was sent out at midnight to where, for some reason, let's, Sam, and pretty much, like, I feel like Michigan is about to have, like, an OnlyFans series at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Of, like, shirtless or, like, almost nudity scenes in just these two episodes. For sure. I mean, we've already had shirtless Jackson, shirtless Cooper, shirtless, uh, Kevin, Kevin, we Sam, know Andrew. Has Andrew been shirtless yet? Andrew, you know, and everybody got everyone's in that hot tub. So you had shirtless Dylan, shirtless Adam. I mean, yeah, everyone's getting shirtless this season because uh, again, these are all stars and they got all star bods. So you know, why not show them? <laughs> yeah, were you? So were you just waiting at the diag for people to start running? Yeah, and then telling people it's outside. So you full on witness. Like Sam coming towards you, spaced out so, his mind. I was actually with Sam and Leia at the bar before this, and I went with them to the to the thing. So uh, I actually witnessed him getting drunk, you know, and then and then went there, walked there with them when it was happening. But yeah, Sam was a menace during this whole thing, and you know there would be some more good drunk Sam content in the bonus the bonus content for this episode when it when it finally gets released. Yay. Oh, we forgot to mention one shirtless player. Shirtless Brian. Oh, that's right. Brian, Sarah's boyfriend, you know. Can't forget Brian, a key contributor to the season. I was so excited to get him in with a confessional and, you know, just show off how much he cared about Sarah. And I think it's it goes to show some wholesome some wholesome romance in the show. Yeah, I hope they're still together. Uh, they are. Hooray! They are still hopefully, together. Hopefully Sarah now allows him to do Survivor things. I got a quick question about that. What if Brian did somehow find like a clue or an advantage and gave it to Sarah? What had that been? Would that been allowed? Yeah, yeah, that's totally legal. There's nothing in the, in our rules prohibiting that. Um, there was a season when I believe in season two at one point Lucy had like half of her sorority enlisted looking for idols, and you know, <laughs> wait, was that true? I thought it was just a rumor started. I don't know. I think it. I, I think it might have been somewhat true. Um, yeah. Not to a serious degree that they were actually doing it, but no one's ever really tried to like enlist tons of their friends to help them out. But if they did, I think it would be a funny storyline and worthy of inclusion. And I would try to get confessionals from them all. Yeah. I'm also just kind of waiting for the Survivor Michigan boyfriend edition because we got Bailey's boyfriend, Noah. Now we have Sarah's boyfriend, Brian. Who's next? Good question. Good, good question. Yeah, yeah. Bring can't, in... for- can't forget about Noah, Bailey's boyfriend. He, he pops up again here in episode two, you know, um, Who's to say what kind of role he might play in the future? Yeah, he's definitely not going to make... Uh... Oh, yeah, I also wrote this in. Everyone is running to the Diag to get Clue, except Bailey. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bailey and running, you know, in these first couple episodes definitely don't don't make a good match whatsoever, so... No, who is her true enemy? Is it Maggie? No. Kevin? No, it's running. It's running, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> that kind of reminds me of, again, going back to season four... I complain about the season. Yeah, I keep making reference to it. Um, that hopping challenge, I think it was the second one in the snow. Oh, yeah. And... That was one of the better challenges that season. <laughs> yeah, it was. And I think Kat was like going off and Adam's like, you took two hops and you're throwing up. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that's a similar similar dynamic for sure. <laughs> oh, if only those two were on, if those two were on the same try, that it probably would have been hilarious with how bad they do in challenges. I'm saying Adam's gotten better now. But Bailey's just, like, dying after she takes five steps. And during this advantage get-in type thing, we see Crouch find an advantage in the middle of the diagonal, and I don't know how people did not see him do it. He made it so obvious that he kneeled down, put his phone towards, like, a piece of paper and picked it up. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, that thing was just sitting in the middle of middle of everyone, kind of suspicious, honestly. But uh, yeah, nobody noticed, and uh, was Crouch got away with that one. Scott clean. How long did that take for somebody to realize that? Like 25 minutes. I believe we had the camera pointed at it for like 15 minutes before somebody noticed. Uh, yeah, I was also going to ask, how long were like people there till looking? Around like 40 minutes total, I think. Uh, I was here thinking they were like there for two hours. Now, eventually it kind of petered off and people kind of kind of realized that everything had probably been found and then they like people kind of left at that point you know yeah well one thing that was found is a new advantage into the game the i want to get this right the phantom vote that's right yeah the phantom vote you know 
This is uh, an interesting advantage. I don't think it's one we've seen exactly before on Survivor. It's basically, a, it's basically a steal a vote that you have to play at a tribal you do not attend. Um, so you have to try and know what's going on in the different tribal and play this vote ahead of the tribal happening. And you will steal someone's vote and get to take play a vote, you know, for anyone else you want, basically. Yeah, and who else to find it but everybody's favorite Michigan host? Sorry, George. Sorry, Brady. <laughs> That's right, Cooper. 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 Another thing is this advantage actually cannot be passed to another person. So, like, somebody – I saw some people were asking, like, well, could Cooper, like, give it to Leia, you know, or something, and then allow her to steal about his own tribal, basically? as a way of getting around it and the answer is no um, it could not be passed to somebody else so uh, it's non-transfer the one it's time not, you don't it's get non-transferable yeah the only the one time they don't give cooper cavity search is the time he has an advantage that's right they should have they should have run back that cavity search and made him do it again then they would have yeah. found phantom boat that he had stuck in his pants Can yeah i feel like pants? again another episode title that could have had there's like so many episode titles that you could have had yeah I mean, these we people have a are whole... cr- a whole There's secondary like a whole episode title list for sure. Yeah, it's like keep it in your pants. Um, this one I got with skill. This one I got because I sucked dick. <laughs> that was good. That was a really good one from Adam for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. So I'm trying to. No, that's pretty much everything that happened at uh, Drunken Sam Hour. I'm trying to figure out a name for this. So Pawnee. But yeah, Adam finds two clues. And opens them in front of everyone there. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, kind of messy gameplay on Adam's part. Um, people pretty much immediately see him, find the clues, clocked him immediately. And it, it's not super clear if Adam's aware that everyone knows he has two clues, but the rumor gets around quick that Adam found a bunch of shit at the, uh, <laughs> at the idol hunt. Yeah, I'm just laughing when he opens the clue, Paddy comes up and he's like, he's just like, fuck off. Yeah, 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 that's it is kind of nice to see because usually be like oh here's the clue he's just like no fuck off my clue get your own (laughs) is it good gameplay no is it good television yes that's and you know what to me good television over good gameplay every time yeah it's both the best is good gameplay that's also good television yeah we'll get into sam later on (laughs) well there's a debate on whether that was good gameplay yeah i was gonna (laughs) say i guess we'll have to see on that one it would depend uh, so yeah, Sam, not Sam, Adam finds two clues. So he shares one of them with Aaron and Dylan to build trust. Good idea. But the weird thing he does, like he pulls one out, it's like, sorry, not this one. And then pulls out a second one. Yeah. Yeah. He's sort of all over the place with that. I, I don't know exactly what he was thinking. I think it's a bit of a panic play on his part, but he did show Aaron and Dylan one of the clues. Yeah. And then he showed Sam, Megan and Lucy, the other clue. So one's, an idol somewhere around North Campus. And the second idol is one that's around a library somewhere. That's right. There's an idol in a library somewhere, an idol on North Campus. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So they go hunting. He tells Cooper because they're aligned. Aaron tells Cooper her clue because they're friends. Well, this is the beginning of their friendship. I know they're really good, like, nowadays. Uh, yeah, seen... they were very close friends at the time as well. Yeah, more people on Team Aaron. Because <laughs> it seems like we're getting a lot of Team Paddock. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you're going to have a number of people on, on both sides of that one. Yeah. <laughs> Survivor Michigan Season 6, Paddock versus Aaron. I've always, like joked, so... I've always joked that that would be a hilarious season and like mm-hmm. would have been a funny alternative All-Stars uh, theme. <laughs> Civil War each, style. They're, yeah, they're each captain and they get to draft people and I think it would be kind of funny. Um, but you know, so, we, yeah, like Redemption Island, but less rigged. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so yeah, Adam finds the second of Jackson's fake idol clues. Megan is having a panic attack. Then oh yeah, Megan. Megan's another shining star in this season. Oh, Megan's she's been incredible through these first two episodes. You know. A solid gameplay, great TV, and we'll have to see where she goes from here. But yeah, she she was her her content was just amazing to edit, and I I was just so excited, you know. Yeah, I mean, her going to meet Jackson, and then sees Kevin idol hunting, and then pretty much stalks him for a couple of minutes before 
making herself known and then gets a clue and then sharing all these clues to Jackson to where Jackson's now leaving his fake idol that all of Aaron, not all of Aaron, all of Megan's allies keep finding with her. Yeah, I mean, you can't script shit this good is the honest truth. And it's it's generally hilarious. It's it's hilarious stuff. Um, as it was happening in real time, we couldn't believe it. We couldn't believe what was happening. As I was editing it, I couldn't believe it. And I really just thought that this is, you know, this is what all is all about is the craziest thing you could possibly imagine actually happening. The perfect scenario, the perfect storm of all these people, you know, trust Megan with these idol clues and stuff because she's known as this innocent, trustable person. They would never trust Jackson with these clues, but they just have no way of knowing that Megan's been sharing all the clues with Jackson leading to this whole shenanigans. Um, so I just thought it was great, great TV. Yeah. I think for a split second when you can see, um, I think it's either Sam or when Adam reveals his second fake idol, the smile breaks. <laughs> Very briefly, maybe a crack in the facade. But, you know, Sam says, you know, oh, Megan's going to have to learn to lie. And it's really ironic given that he doesn't know that she's been lying <laughs> so much already in the game. She's been doing the most lying that girl has done in all her the life. The most lying of anybody. Absolute hiding a relationship, hiding the fact that she knows that all these idols are fake. Oh yeah, Megan just has secrets within secrets this season. Yeah, her is her name even Megan? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe not. Maybe not. You got? Didn't Paddock even mention she had fake advantages? We're like in her. Uh yes. Don't her... say intro well, audition. In audition tape. Um, Emily Paddock talked about having a bunch of fake advantages. But as of yet, those have uh, have not come into play on the actual show. But we'll, we'll have yeah. to see where that goes if that if that becomes something at some point. You know, right I now it's really it Jackson's fake fake idols that are the big point of topic discussion. Yeah, um, random question: Have you have you seen any of the seasons of Survivor Syracuse? I have seen, uh, I believe, the first one as well as All Stars. Okay, I've seen two of them. Okay, so you've seen All-Star, so you might know one of the people. Hannah Dolan. Yes, I'm familiar. I'm familiar. <laughs> Infamous for her fake idols, buying 20 of them pre-season, two weeks before it. Yeah, yeah I'm familiar. I-, I heard she got the idea from Jackson, actually, but you know, it can't be confirmed. Can't be confirmed? No, definitely not. <laughs> Seeing Hannah... I don't want to say knowing her, because I've never actually interacted with her, but <laughs> knowing... About her, she would definitely not claim that. She would most likely cut Jackson, then cl- then credit him. <laughs> I'm forgetting something. Oh yeah, fake idol victim number four slash back to two. Dylan finds a fake idol. No, so, then... so Dylan was given Aaron's the fake idol that Aaron found. So Aaron oh. gives it to Dylan, who gives it to Jack, who gives it to Adam. Is what's going on there? Basically. Oh, so Aaron decides. That the best she realizes that the idol is fake due to like the the clue due to the next clue getting released saying that the idol is hidden inside the library, but the, where she had found the idol was outside of the library. So she That's realizes it's a fake idol. She realizes it's a fake idol and gives it to Dylan to give to Adam with the intention of swaying Adam back to their side by giving him an idol. But so Dylan but, knows it's fake as well. Yes, Dylan is okay. completely aware it's fake. Um, but the the tough situation of this is this leads to Adam saying to Megan, you know, if we're going to tribal again, we'll have to vote on Aaron because Dylan is on our side now and gave me an idol. So it's a bit of a backfire on Aaron's part and also some good gameplay from Dylan, you know, to pass this off as his own idea and uh, not really mention Aaron's involvement in it at all. Yeah, because a lot of people, myself included, do kind of claim Dylan as probably the, the least good winner out of the four of them. And I think he's really showing the gameplay he does have in this season. It's subtle, but it's effective. Dylan's a very, very good survivor player. Um, you know, but his gameplay is subtle, but it's it's under the radar in a in a kind of a more subtle way than your usual under the radar player. He's just he there's something very unassuming about him when you talk to him, and he's very, very good at making people feel comfortable and making people want to trust him. Um, and as you can see in this episode, he's talking to a lot of people, you know. He's talking to Andrew, he's talking to Bailey on other tribes and offering them different bits of information to try and get them on his side. What he, he, he offers Bailey a similar thing that he offers to Adam, just an idle clue 
and hey, let's work. It's real. <laughs> play this time it's real, and hey, let's work together. And you know, so who's going to say if those relationships will pay off or not? But I do think that Dylan is is like Aaron, working hard to try and set himself up for the future game. Yeah, uh, they're good with other tribes. They're just not good with their own. Not no, they're not. So not right now. they better hope they do not lose a challenge, or you guys do a swap, literally next episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, how many people would be at 19? Is that 19. Somebody, that's not like a good time to swap to you? Yeah, just put somebody in exile. For sure, no problem, yeah. Yeah, put somebody in exile, make it... Who, hell, do the merge at 19 people. The biggest merge in history. Yeah, I can't think of one that was bigger. So that's pretty much everything on Odot, not Odala. We're moving on to them. Ampani. And oh yeah, uh, Adam dancing uh, to his two idols. Oh, yeah, I love with both fake. Love that scene. If you want more Adam dancing, the uncut full Adam dancing video will be in the bonus content. I can exclusively confirm on the Live Reality Games podcast. So if you want a full, I think it's like five minutes of Adam doing a full dance. There's multiple songs included. Like yeah, a nice strip tease. You know, if you if you're a big Adam fan and want that Survivor Michigan OnlyFans content. I highly recommend uh, bonus content episode two, which will be coming out very, very shortly. Yeah, it'll be coming out soon. It, what made you want to do these bonus? Actually, I know the reason why you're doing these bonus contents, but that's like, you're pretty much putting out two episodes a week. <laughs> yeah, it's a little insane. The reason why I'm doing it is because a lot of these episodes start, like, I know that people are saying they're long, but a lot of them start even longer. And there's stuff that gets cut for whatever reason that, I just want it out there in the canon of people, you know, if you want more, if you want more of it, there is more. And a lot of it was just for myself, just that um, there's stuff that I just want out there that it makes me feel better about having to cut certain things. And there's a lot of funny content between these people that just doesn't have room to make it in the actual episodes, you know. But if you want it, it's out there. It's really for like the diehards. My, my parents watched the bonus content episode one and were like, who would this, who would possibly be interested in this? This seems like deep deep down the rabbit hole and i was like it is but you know some you'd people be surprised you'd be surprised yeah and the first one has done pretty well so i'm hoping the next ones do do similarly i say they do very well it's pretty much like a bloopers or behind the scenes type stuff oh speaking of who came up with that advantage the phantom vote uh austin of austin, course he did austin from season three came up with it that guy probably has like a whole spreadsheet of advantages to throw. Into oh, he the game. does. He does. He has th- that guy has so many advantage ideas. He's such a such a critical member of the team coming up with those. You know, the, the Phantom Vote I think is a really really interesting one, and so I'm really glad that we had Austin around to help us include it. I'm curious to see how it plays out the rest of the season. Yeah, cue in for season. I was about to say season five. This is season five. Cue in for season six, where the flipper idol gets introduced. You won't get the reference, but I know some people will. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> it's pretty much an idol where the vote flips. <laughs> so let's say the four three vote on four on Akshay, three on Lucy. Play the flipper idol. It'll then flip to four Lucy, three Akshay. How's that different than playing a regular idol? Because the votes aren't canceled; they're just flipped. It's stupid. <laughs> It's not meant to be good. Okay, uh, all right, that's interesting. So finally, let's move on to Odawa, the tribe that lost, and I just want to talk for like twenty minutes about Sarah. I mean, Sarah's the best. Love Sarah. I think we all do. You know, so it was great to showcase her more in this episode and show off her whiteboard and her magnet things, which are just so funny. Yeah, I want to go back in time and slap the six people that voted her off in season one because this is what we could have had. Totally. Totally. I mean, I think Cooper said that if he, in the bonus content, you'll find a clip of Cooper saying that, Bailey saying that Cooper told him if he could go back, he would. And I'm sure it's easier to say seeing how season one played out, but, you know, Sarah's a really, really great survivor player who was just horribly shafted her first season, so... It was so great to have her come back, and uh, through two episodes, it seems like she's she's doing much better than she did the first time around. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I don't. I remember saying this somewhere. I don't remember where. It might have been in that draft picking video we did, where if you needed some sort of confessional just to fill out time space, you'll put in the Sarah confessional. 
And it seems like I'm right. <laughs> I wouldn't say we're using anything to fill up time this time around. But uh, yeah, if we ever do need to, I'm sure we can find some Sarah content to throw in the mix. Yeah, I mean, her in those two meetings where she's just not paying attention to anything. She's on her phone. Like, Emily and Cooper are talking to each other, ignoring Sarah. And she's just there minding her own business, not knowing what's, knowing what's happening, but just being over what's happening. Yeah, it's some really, really funny stuff for sure. <laughs> and then... Well, we mentioned Cooper and Emily. So this vote seems simple. It seems Tom's easy vote because it's Tom. Because he's going to shoot himself in the foot easily. However, Emily shows doubts and wants to get rid of Bailey for... I want to say reasons, but I feel like there actually is something behind it. For, like, untrustworthiness and somehow believes Tom will be loyal. I guess she did not see season four. Um, I mean, Emily you know, is actually pretty tight with Tom and wants to save him mostly because she knows that Tom will be probably be loyal to her versus Bailey. She doesn't know as well. She knows Bailey has connections with other tribes and such. And uh, I think she just sees Tom as somebody who's worth maybe trying to save for her. But in the end, she does decide that it's best to just go along, vote off Tom. She'll have a tight three on the tribe with Cooper and Sarah, and she's going to be just fine. Yeah, she doesn't pull an Aaron and be like, just let the person go. She actually does the opposite. She lets the person go. And then Mamsaurus kicks in. That's right, you know. Uh, Sam, you know, he's not going to leave well enough alone. Feels the need to come in and muck up another <laughs> vote in the second episode. On a tribe that he's not even on. So Sam is coming into the game, you know, really hot. Doing a lot of crazy moves. And uh, yeah, basically ends up Bless you. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless a little, you. A little under the weather. Oh, no. Ends up uh, kind of getting Emily Paddock in some trouble with her tribe. Yeah, so he pretty much tells Tom, hey, you're going home. Do something. Play fake idol. Make, try and cause some chaos. And Tom does do that by throwing out Paddock's name. And everyone just believes it instantly that Paddock is trying to save her little minion and Tom and everyone's yeah. just like what are I you mean, doing? You gotta give Tom some credit here. He comes up with the perfect person to throw under the bus. You know, he knows that saying Sam told him this, what does that do? That doesn't do anything at all. He's just gonna get voted out. But telling everyone Emily told him this, well that's actually somewhat believable. And not just somewhat believable since Emily was fighting for Tom, you know, earlier in the episode and uh you know, it definitely definitely causes some distrust amongst the tribe. In the end, we see Tom is still voted out, but it, it's possible this could have future ramifications going forward. Yeah, and he calls Emily apologizing, telling, and he tells her that it was Sam's idea. Yeah, you know, classic Tom. Again, you know, for, for every move he makes, he's going to probably mismake a few moves down the stretch, and there's really no reason for him to call Emily and tell her any of this, and I'm not sure that this necessarily helped his position. No, I think it definitely worsened it because now it definitely Emily would have no reason wanting to save him. I think if he never told Emily, maybe Emily still would have like left hints as in like wanting to keep Tom and everyone would have been like more believable of Tom and they could have maybe voted off not maybe not vote off Emily, but made it easier to vote her off later on because because then Tom starts telling everyone he tells them two different things like the whole slip up because obviously Emily goes around telling everyone oh no this was Sam's idea and at first Cooper and mainly Cooper because he's the only person we really see is like okay maybe it's Sam Tom's also saying this and then Tom saying she Sam and then Cooper thinks it's a slip-up on Tom revealing Emily's plan when really it was a slip-up revealing Sam's plan. That's right, yeah. Cooper mis Cooper misreads Tom's mess up there, uh, which is pretty funny, honestly. It's pretty hilarious, and it's, it's a classic sort of, you know, Tom shenanigans mistake to have happen. <laughs> yeah, so this is why I was saying maybe it's a good move for Sam because it does cause a little bit of chaos because now people distrust Emily. 
Uh, yeah, but I guess we also see that Emily knows Sam is responsible for this because Tom told her. And with Emily still in the game, you know, it's possible she could tell other people. I, we'll have to see how this plays out for Sam, but I think it was, it could certainly be called a risky move for sure. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, Maggie's not in the season. She just had to be a senior and graduate. I know, I know. I, I would have killed to have Maggie back on the season, but unfortunately it just wasn't in the cards. Uh, she, she couldn't just get drunk one night and then you know, fail a couple of classes. Well, she would have had to fail for a long time since she would have had to make it through two whole more years, all of season three and four, and then another year for season five. Well, it's possible. <laughs> Burn something? I don't know. Would, yeah, have been worth it. would have been worth it for sure. Yeah, get Maggie on the season. I guess we'll just have to deal with Sam. I mean, yep. Sam's definitely delivering entertainment these past two episodes. Whether it's good gameplay is another story, but who's here for good gameplay? I know, certainly not me. No, I'm here for entertaining people. Good TV only in these parts. Yeah, we don't want good players. That's why we have this cast. Yeah, this cast is chaotic as uh, this cast is <laughs> chaotic as they come, and so oh, we can expect much more chaos in the future. I could, I can tell you that much. Yeah, to think this is only episode two. There's still like what thirteen more. Yeah. So, so Aldala, people really are prepared for how crazy it's going to get. I have to say. No, and I've been hearing episode three is a big one. It is. Where, where have you been hearing this? Who who are your sources on on this information? I watched the Keep Your Torch Lit podcast. Okay, were they saying this? I'm a little out of date with them. I'll, I'll catch up on them soon. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Episode 3 is going to be a banger. I would definitely tune in. It's going to be... Uh, I expect it to be one of the, the more controversial episodes in this College Survivor canon. So, Are we getting to rock draw controversial? We're getting to something. We're getting to something. <laughs> something that, uh, you know, yeah. I don't think anyone's going to see coming. Hmm, I'm really trying to think what's going to happen. Because if it's big, I don't want to say big and controversial, meaning it's a big twist, like a transition tribal, which please never do. <laughs> it's going to be something. It's going to be something crazy. Yeah, because I'm also trying to think, okay, what tribe going to tribal would make it crazy? And the only one that I can think of is Pawnee. Because I feel like with Sangria, it'll just be very obviously Jackson, unless he shows somebody a fake idol and they're just like, Jackson has an idol, switch the plan, we need to vote uh, Kevin. And Odawa, it might be crazy because now they're like United Six, but really not. Actually, it could literally be any of them. Yeah, I mean, Odawa now is down to their pairs, you know, Cooper, Andrew, Emily, Sarah, Bailey, and Nick. But at the same time, Cooper is uh you know in a trio with sarah and emily so it's kind of you know hard to say what's exactly going to happen there yeah in a trio with emily and sarah but after this whole thing he doesn't really trust emily that much and then who knows somebody could actually find an idol that's real like we don't have no idea what these idols even look like that's true we, we haven't even come close we have not even seen a real idol yet so no you haven't even teased like where it actually is well, it's in, you know, there is actually, one is actually on North Campus, and there is an idol in a library somewhere. I think we've, we've somewhat teased mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I mean, like, showing, like, literally where it is and just, like, every person walking past it. Yeah, yeah. I'll say that, at least in terms of the library idol, I don't think anyone's gotten close to where it is at this point in time. The no. North Campus one, I'm not totally sure about the geography of where exactly it was versus where people had traveled, but no one has found it, that's for sure. Are there only two idols, or is there three? Isn't there, like, a Pringle idol? Yes, there there is another idol out there somewhere. Uh, I'm assuming Pringle's a building and it's not the crisp. No, no, it's a building, <laughs> the Pringle building. Kevin actually got a clue to that idol this episode. Um, and, you know, maybe someone else did as well. I think it was only Kevin because it was in the immunity totem. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I don't know who else it really could have been. Yeah, unless he showed it to Megan and then Megan sends it to Jackson and Jackson puts his 12th idol there. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so with the end, Odawa goes to tribal and despite all the chaos, Tom goes home once again on week two, once again in a six to one vote, and then once again going out crazy. Yep, you know, Tom goes out as only Tom can, doing some crazy stuff, but 
at the end of the day, he's a really he's a really fun player, really fun member of the cast. And I was really happy to have him on the show. Actually, there was a big Tom sequence that was cut from the episode that will be in the bonus scenes that broke my heart. One of the, the hardest things I ever had, I had to cut in All Stars. It was called Tom's uh, Tom's Last Lament, and it's a monologue Tom goes off on explaining how he's probably going home and he hopes that his Emily Paddock plan works, but he's not sure that it will, and that. He's basically lamenting the fact that, you know, if you think that I didn't deserve to be on All-Stars, you know, you're probably, if you're the fans and you're going, why did Tom get cast? You know, you're probably right, but I played a great game in the, in the application game because I lied to production and, you know, convinced them I would be a better player when I knew I would be just as bad. And like, so it's basically, he's basically arguing <laughs> he's good at Survivor by getting cast. And it's a really, really funny monologue. You should definitely go check that out when the bonus, when the bonus scenes drop. Oh yeah, I think I heard him say that. Um, yeah, and I had to cut it just because uh, it was just too obvious Tom was going home if you included it, unfortunately, yeah, as funny as it was. You can't give somebody a last hurrah and them not going home. Right, but that, exactly. I feel like, would that be a big fake out? Yeah, I, I would never do something like that, so, you know. <laughs> Show somebody giving, like, if I go home, it'd be great, and then all of a sudden they don't go home. Yes, exactly. So that was episode two. Like I said, it was an obvious boo, but it was a fun, entertaining episode. Yeah, thank you. I mean, episode two is uh, it, it ranks highly on my list. You, know, I think it's one of the funniest episodes of the show. A lot oh, of goofy stuff happening and a lot of interesting dynamics being set up cross tribe and within the, some of the tribes. So I think that everything is primed to blow up in a fairly interesting fashion. And if you haven't started the season yet, you should definitely go watch it. And if you have, you should. Keep watching because I promise you this is this is just the beginning and it, it is only going to get better from here. Yeah, I cannot wait. Season, I was going to say season Michigan. Michigan seasons are usually, they're kind of all good. I know I shit on season four, but looking back, I can see some fun moments. Not many, but I can still see some. <laughs> but... I was going to say something that I forgot. Can you tell I'm good at this? Um, so yeah, Tom, congratulations. You're the number one ranked 20th placer of all of Survivor Michigan. Yes, you are the only, but you're still number one. And so far, so far. So far. Oh, God, please don't tell me. It's like season seven, the wheel season is going to be like it's 25 cast members. <laughs> Who's to say? Who's to say? Who knows? I mean, that was the rumor of All Stars. We're going to cast 25 of you. I wanted to do that for the record. If I would have my way, we would have cast everybody and not you... cut anyone. That was what I wanted to do. Cast everybody who applied? Yeah, because we only cut like four people. I was like, it's rude. Let's just cast them all. We'll figure it out. I want to so. see if I can guess what, who the four were. It was uh, Camila, Camila, Abby, Camila, Abby. Camila. Richard Katie, and Sarah and Sarah Mills. Oh, Katie, we never got her application. So, I, oh yeah, I thought her whole thing was like she applied she, like, like late, didn't apply properly or something. And I, I never saw her application. At least, I, if I feel like though, if we had decided to cast everybody and it had come out that Katie wanted to play, then we just would have cast her as well. You know? Yeah, then um, just would have been twenty six, even thirteen split. Yeah, whatever. Let's let's do it. Yeah. It would have been sick. I would have been I mean, so down for it, but you know, it would have been else- really. It would have been tough, though, because these episodes are already so long with 21 players, and I can't imagine having to add another five storylines to it. So, I mean, if Survivor Australia can do 24 cast seasons each season, I guess but there's so, Survivor. Yeah, there's the issue with Australia is that there's so many people they just don't show at all. Yeah, and they're not so known for their good editing. And that's just never something I'm going to do. Like, I'm never going to have someone who just doesn't appear at all on the show. I, it was a big goal for me with All-Stars that every single character have a distinct... A unique arc and I, I think I did it as best as possible that all 20 out of these people have an interesting story to tell and have their own arc um, and so I, I think we'll see that hopefully play out throughout the season yeah I think it's fair to say all the 19 people that are left you can still you can kind of get what their story is throughout whether they had like 11 confessionals this episode or just two yeah I would say that like how much screen time people have right now it doesn't have a lot of bearing on you know how how well they're going to do on the season necessarily um it's being done you know for each episode what people do we need to tell this particular episode this particular story and some people especially on tribes that aren't going to tribal just aren't going to have as much in some of these episodes 
And then when they come back to the forefront, then they'll be at the forefront of things, you know? So, you know, certain characters who you might be like, I, I feel like we haven't seen that much of them. You, you may see more. Yeah. This is why you can't do an edgic on college survivor. Uh, I know, but I enjoy watching people try. So I still don't understand. <laughs> so I would say keep doing it because I like, I like watching it. I would, nowadays you can't even do edgic on real survivor, but that's not. Oh yeah. Because that. somebody can have no confessionals the entire pre-merge and then all of a sudden win the season. I guess so. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. Thanks for coming on. Um, if you ever want to come back on, feel free. I'm constantly looking for people because I'm the only one doing this. Sure thing. And I'm pretty sure I could get the next couple boots to come on if you're interested in that, for sure. Yeah, I'm open to anyone. Like Emily Bachwick, I am also intimidated by these people. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sounds good. But I'll push through it. But so yeah. Well, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad you're enjoying the show so far, and I hope that it you know, keeps living up to your expectations of what you wanted it to be. Yeah, I've been leaving nice comments this time. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I mean, if you want to leave some harsh ones, you know, be my guest. Like, certainly not everyone this season is going to be doing things that you like, so. No, I I'll think those very, are the Discord. <laughs> I'll be very excited to see what you think of episode three. Yeah, well, thanks again for coming on. Thanks, everyone, for watching. If you want more Michigan content, go subscribe to the channel. Watch, watch All Stars. Watch the first four seasons. Join the Survivor Reddit Discord. We're currently having an argument over who the worst return... I saw there was an argument over who's the worst returnee so far. <laughs> and also people debating on was the Sam move good or not. I think yes to a degree. But we'll have to see how it all plays out. But Yeah, we'll have to see how it all plays out. Will Paddock get her revenge? Will they ever end up on a tribe? Will the war ever end between oh, Aaron and Paddock? Who knows? Who can say? Who can say? Will Lucy get better and recover from COVID? I think Lucy gave me something. I'm feeling a little sick, too. <laughs> Lucy is making her mark by infecting the entire cast and production in order for her to win. Yeah, that's right. So we'll see you guys next time. Tune in. Episode 3 comes out in two day Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Eastern Standard Time. 2, 2 a.m. GMT time. And we'll see you next time for another live reality games. Bye, everyone. About to end the broadcast.